Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, we are back. Yes, we are back with the afternoon edition here now on uh, Sound Off 610 KDAL. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, well, first of all, we did get some jokes. I don't know that they're any better than the jokes we've been using, though, Kenny. I'll let you decide. Here's one. What did one hat say to the other hat? <laughs> I don't know what. I'll cover here, but you go on ahead. Oh, okay. All right, okay. Yeah. See, I'll cover here and you go yeah. on ahead. Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, okay. There is another anyway, one on that... the text line. Okay. What is that one better, I hope? Not really. <laughs> I was even reluctant to mention it, but uh, I'll share it with you and your listeners. Again, if you want to text a decent joke to the text line, eight four four five four. And uh, okay, Shouldn't we maybe have a judge available or something for these. Well, I think that's you and I. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Did you hear President Biden has called for a full legalization of marijuana? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Biden thought it would help with Congress holding a joint session. <laughs> now that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, haven't heard that one in uh, 100 years. In days. Yeah, uh, days. <laughs> well, you know what? I did get a nice piece, though, from our friend Corey up on the range, because earlier this week we were talking about this new legislation that's coming down in the state of Minnesota here where now that the DFL has everything, they control everything, the House, the Senate, the governorship, they're now going to try to take away our Second Amendment rights uh, to own and bear arms, uh, which is uh, constitutional, federal constitutional. <clears throat> yeah, Corey's Brad, a nice little piece. It's an inalienable right. Exactly. In our Constitution has been forever. And if government ever tries to take that away, well, here, this sums it up from Corey. Shows a shows a, a, a firearm on the American flag, and it says, I don't need a gun. I have never needed a gun. I hope I never need a gun. And in all likelihood, I will never need a gun. However, should I ever need a gun, I had better have a gun. Therefore, I have a gun. And if the government ever says... You can't have a gun. That's when you need a gun. Amen. Amen to that. And that's the thing with this, Brad, is that this right, this Second Amendment is for everybody. And I think a lot of people are concerned when they watch the news and they hear of a gunman and they hear that real scary word, AR-15. That's a scary word, you know. And these are terrible tragedies. They're awful. Yeah. But that but doesn't do you mean... you want to use that tragedy to take away your rights? Exactly. That doesn't mean that the law-abiding citizens, those were all granted that right, Brad. This isn't amongst uh, black and white, Democrat and Republican, East and West, North and South. No. This is our right that we have. Well, when the government wants to infringe that, remember what Joe Biden said? Well, the Second Amendment's not absolute. There was a time when you couldn't own a cannon, or he said some goofy thing like that. Some goofy thing like that. Do you have any urge to own a cannon? Is it practical Uh, to own one? No. No. No, So for him to say that is is totally irresponsible on his part. 
Although I do know a guy that had a cannon one time. Well, good for him. But he, but he used it at football games, and it was to <laughs> shoot off a powder ball when a touchdown was made. It but was you don't fun. surrender your rights because when they're gone, they're gone. They're gone. They're, they're gone forever. And why should and the actions of the bad guys infringe on the good guys? Exactly. And think about some of the, some of the countries in the world who have had terrible dictatorships. To, look at how many millions of people died in World War II because a, a goofball private, or I guess he was a corporal maybe in World War I, Adolf Hitler, decided, uh, you know what, I want to take over, but before I take over the country, I'd like everybody to give up their weapons because I'm going to have an army that's going to protect all of you. Trust me on this one. My army is going to protect all of you. So everybody in Germany turned in their weapons. Just, oh, yeah, no problem. We, Adolf will take care of us. Yeah, he sure did. Well, anyway, f- uh, folks, we got to move on to some. How many of you are aware of the fact that we had a, a fire yesterday, evidently up in the Cloquet area, that uh, did some damage to some very uh, uh, respectable businesses up in that area. All of you probably know where Berquist's, uh, um, well, I don't know, what, what is it called? Imports, Berquist Imports. They're uh, kind of a Scandinavian import place. Beautiful. You can go in there and you can buy holla dogs and, uh, you know, these dolls that cut out of wood and beautiful imports from all over. Well, Cloquet, the a multiple Cloquet area fire district stations responded to a fire in the back warehouse portion of Berquist Imports and Uber, and Ebert and Gerbert or Herbert and Gerbert building at fourteen twelve fourteen fourteen Frontage Road, off of Minnesota Highway thirty three on Wednesday. No injuries were reported from the fire to occupants or firefighters, and all occupants of the building had exited safely. But heavy black smoke was reported coming from the warehouse portion uh, of the building at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the fire district posted on its Facebook page. Cloquet Fire Chief Jesse Burrs said the fire was under control Thursday morning, but the building was still an active scene because of smoldering fire under the collapsed section of the warehouse. The warehouse collapsed due to the fire and heat mixed with the snow load on the roof. Uh, crews were able to make interior attacks on the fire, but were unable to reach all areas that were actively burning and had to switch to an exterior approach uh, from a set of aerial ladders. Uh, Burr said the storefront and warehouse uh, are connected by breezeways, which help separate the fire in the back warehouse from the front side of the building. The back porch portion, which is the warehouse, is a total loss. The front portion, which is the storefront, has been spared for the most part. Of course, they've got smoke damage and that kind of thing. For us, the plans that we have in place for firefighting in winter weather worked well, and there weren't any delays or significant issues that arose, he said. It's always way more challenging, of course, to fight a fire and operation in these kind of conditions. Our staff is well-trained and equipped to handle those weather conditions, and you know what? Hats off to those guys to be in that kind of weather, cold, blowing, windy, uh, right in the middle of a potential snowstorm. And they're out there fighting these fires and the building collapses. There are no uh, no fire damage estimates yet. 
and the cause is under investigation by the Cloquet Area Police and uh, Minnesota State Fire Marshal. We'll keep it up to date on that as we as we uh, come up with other uh, potential problems or what happened or where this started from. But, uh, yeah, pretty major fire up in the Cloquet area. Um, okay, so a lot of people are thinking that uh, electric cars, our electric vehicles are the future. We're, we're hearing that every day, are we not? Well, we when we come back after this first break, I want to get into this a little bit, talking about how, you know, there's a, an interesting story that I found on Powerline this morning by John Honrecker that uh, really lays it out that that uh, electric vehicles maybe aren't the answer that we think it is. And I'll tell you why when we come back after this first break. KDAL time is 1221.9 at the Army Corps of Engineers. Boy, the uh, temperature's dropping. I don't like that, but we do have the sunshine still, and the winds right now are out of the northwest. Now, again, this is at the Army Corps of Engineers down at Canal Park, uh, about 10 miles an hour out of the northwest. Well, okay, so do you like the idea of driving an electric car, Kenny? No, I don't. Does that... No, I don't either. I'm, you know, I I've seen some some of these Tesla vehicles are nice looking vehicles, but I really am not sold on that. That's the way to go. But but hear me out on this one because this was a rather interesting story that John Henrecker had written. He said that the mania for electric vehicles is a fad that is driven one hundred percent by government regulators. We've heard Joe Biden. Uh, tell, look into my eyes. Well, I'm going to do away with fossil fuels. And we've heard other politicians say the same thing. The consumer verdict on EVs has been in for centuries. So it turns out that if, if you look back on the beginning of vehicles, some of the earliest cars were battery-powered, but they lost out to gasoline-powered cars because gasoline-powered vehicles were just plain better, ran better, uh, were more powerful, those who have been paying attention understand that there is zero chance that our existing motor vehicle fleet will be converted to EVs. Uh, because number one, if you focus on just one point and one point alone, that fact that lithium batteries needed to replace our current vehicle fleet would require ridiculous amount of minings of minerals, particularly lithium, and the price of which is already sky high, how do liberals intend to accomplish this unprecedented global mining project? Well, the answer is they don't. In fact, that's part of the reason why they're putting all of these rules, environmental rules and regulations, saying, oh, we can't do this, we can't do Yeah, we need that product for batteries, but we can't mine it. Uh, if, you, if you look at reports that are out, this report finds that the United States can achieve zero emission transportation while limiting the amount of lithium mining necessary by reducing the dependence on cars for transportation systems. In other words, if we decrease the amount of cars that we drive, if we decrease the amount of vehicles out there, we won't need as many batteries and we won't need as much lithium. Reordering the U.S. transportation system through policy and spending shifts to prioritize public and active transportation while reducing car dependency can also ensure transportation equity 
protect ecosystems, respect indigenous rights, and meet the demands of global uh, of global justice. This is what liberal politicians are telling you, uh, and yet they don't really plan to replace your car with an EV. They don't want you to replace it at all. They want you to walk. They want you to bicycle. They want you to take public transportation. In other words, they want to destroy the traditional American freedom to, uh, as they say, go where we please, go when we please. Uh, that is a ridic- ridicule or ridiculous and unwelcome change in American life, right up there with eating insects instead of meat. And I don't like that option at all. Where I live, we are already seeing this push to take us out of our cars. Minneapolis, for example, the highways in the Twin Cities are deliberately underdesigned so that traffic is needlessly congested. Urban planners, not just oblivious, but hostile to our basic freedoms, have spent billions of dollars on trains that hardly anybody rides and have converted traffic lanes to bike lanes that are scarcely used, if used at all, this time of year especially, thus snarling traffic further. Their dream of mass uh, reliance on public transportation is a century out of date. Mass transit use peaked in the Twin Cities in the early uh, 20th century, but the fan of uh, inconveniencing the rest of us is too good to pass up that plan. It's notable that during the COVID shutdown, automobile traffic, air traffic, public transportation, all of it cratered for a while. But all of a sudden, automobile miles traveled are now back to pre-COVID levels. Air travel exceeds those levels, but public transportation has not rebounded like other forms. My organization released a report just a week or two ago that documented those trends and some of the reasons for it. It it reply, it applies to Minnesota, but also includes national data. The, fin, the phenomenon are more or less the same everywhere. There is one more area where the utopians that's uh, in their eyes, vision of liberal planners collide with reality. What they want is the opposite of what you want. You want mobility. You want freedom at a reasonable cost. They want less mobility, less freedom, mass transit that forces us into government-decreed paths. We've all started hearing about something called the 15-minute city, so that we scarcely need or allowed to leave our homes and so on. And there too, there will be class divide, just as you and I will eat bugs. Those others in high society, or as, as they do in China today, who are party members, they will continue to eat what they want. So this, uh, according to this one writer, and I think he's pretty much right on the right on the beam with this, is that this is more driven by government, by what government wants to see in the future, rather than what we want to see. Because they've got these trains all over the Twin Cities. they got the light rail to here and the east line and the blue line and the green line. And, and b- b- more and more, we're seeing people avoid riding on those trains. Some of it is because they're afraid of the the increase in crime and violence on it. 
But more importantly than that, it's just the plain old simple fact we want mobility when we want it, not at somebody else's schedule. So we've got a caller on the line, Dan. Uh, let's get him on before we take our CBS break. Dan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. You know, the governor wants to give uh, license or driver's license to illegals. Does this yeah. mean? Does this mean that they have to have proven insurance to get the license? And also, Brad. Does this mean they can go down and vote for Democrats? Oh. All of the above, <laughs> you know. Well, the one, the first question you raised, Dan, is a very legitimate one, uh, because when you go, when you first get your license, uh, you find out very quickly that insurance rates are a little high if you haven't had a lot of experience driving. Insurance right. companies know that. They Risk. know that. Yeah. Yeah. So how are they going to do with all these illegal immigrants? They're not going to want to give them preferred insurance right away. They're going to have to they're going to have to have their licenses for a number of years before they earn the right to have preferential insurance rates. It's so just, it, it's stupid. You know, it's and, a mess. These, you know, oh, and then are you going to use a fuel rods in your Harleys now? You know, are you going to have <laughs> nuclear Harleys and you know? <laughs> Do you know what, Dan? Harley Davidson is actually testing an electric motorcycle, and so far it has failed big time. You know, the people that own Harley Davidsons, they like the sound of that yeah. uh, combustion engine. This is insane. And, and when you go out on a, a boat fishing, you're going to have fuel rods in your in your boat. You know, are you going to are you going to have electric motors everywhere? This is not going to work. It's no. and you, you gotta plug the electric in somewhere, and when you plug it in, it's a coal fire plant that's going to supply the electric. Exactly. I mean, exactly. It's like they're <laughs> like they're like you said, one party's insane and the other one is, you know, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, Dan. Thank, Thank you, you very much. We we do have to go to our seat. There we go. Thank you. I don't want... See, Dan is absolutely right. That's what I want to hear my motorcycle sound like. Yeah, I don't want to your... hear this. Yeah. I don't want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about, uh, and here's the Mustang. Thank you. Now, some people will say, well, electric cars can peel out, but you don't get that roar. No, you don't get no, that exhaust. Of course, of course, the other thing, Kenny, is is if we all had to go on an electric vehicle of some sort now, there is no way in world that we would have the grid available to keep us all, uh, you know, charged up. And that's the whole other issue that nobody talks about. But we're going to talk about it. Hey, you right know what? When we come back. I wanted to yeah. mention something uh, that occurred a couple of days ago. I've been living in my house in the friendly West End since 2005, uh, okay. 18 years. And uh, I've never had a young man knock on my door to ask if he wanted to shovel the sidewalk. You know, make a few bucks until two days ago. And I told him, I said, uh, I looked at him, I said, where are you from? <laughs> he said, oh, I live in the apartments down the, down the avenue. Okay. I said, well, I'll tell you what, come back after the storm. And he did. He came back yesterday, knocked on the door. I'm back. 
I said, awesome. He said, what do you want me to do? I said, just do the little driveway here in front of my car. Just do the front of the sidewalk and, uh, you know, in the house. I said, don't worry about too much about the sidewalk because i got some neighbors that come by with snowblowers, and that's great. But he did it anyways. I gave him 20 bucks. Fantastic. And he told me. He said, I'll come back at the next storm. I said, do that. Now, if we run into the April of 2013 that we had, and we had 50 inches of snow, I might tell him that, hey, I, I'm broke. <laughs> I'm just going to wait for it to melt. But no, that was really exactly. something to see that. Now, he wasn't dressed properly. I said, where are your boots? He said, oh, I'm okay. Anyways, he was a young kid and did a good job. Yeah. Well, good for You know, and where are those kids? How? I got mine. You them? stay away from my guy. <laughs> All right. But I did and tell him. His guy. I did tell him. I said, the neighbor here, I said, why don't you go over to the neighbor here? I said, he's got a long dry, uh, walkway from his house to the street. I said, he might pay uh, you know, to do that. I said, go ask him. So he scoped it out. I don't know if he went to his house or not, but uh, nonetheless, yeah. uh, my guy's coming back at the next sto- snowstorm. Oh, man. I am, so, I am so moved by kids that have the initiative to be able to do that. It was great. Uh, that's great. That's really great. Well, anyway, we got to take our uh, CBS News break. We got a lot more to talk about when we come back. KDAL time is twelve thirty nine nine above at the National Weather Service here in Duluth. And Brad, not to get ahead of myself or nothing, but today is going to start off on a quiet note. We just heard from Peter Kevakoskis that we're going to have, uh, you know, mostly sunny skies, some clear skies, um, mild temperatures will move in. Uh, Sunday, uh, we're going to reach into the mid-20s, upper, uh, I'm sorry, mid-30s uh, and mid-20s. Uh, but this low is going to come in out of Colorado. It could be a mess, a possibly a messy variety of wintry precip for Monday. Yeah, confidence. Not over yet. Confidence is increasing that at least four inches of snow from this coming system uh, in northwest Wisconsin along the North Shore with the potential for some icing in portions of the uh, area. So uh, keep up to date uh, with the latest forecasts, and uh, we'll check in with you on Monday. Now, now remember, Monday our show has changed a little. Is it? Is it Monday or Tuesday? No, you're Monday, right. right. Monday it is. We're yeah. going to be on from 10 a.m. to noon on Monday because Twins baseball is going to be on at noon, and uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, in the meantime, we got our good friend Justin from AirServe, uh, who's out no matter what the conditions are. Uh, you've had a fairly interesting week this week, haven't you, Justin? With the well, weather that has come and gone. Absolutely. So, you know, I never want any any one of your listeners to think that I'm not coming to their house on account of the weather. That never happens. Now, we do have people that call to the office and they say, you know what, I need to move my appointment. I haven't had a chance to clear out my driveway or whatever issue that they have going on with weather. But weather doesn't yeah. stop us from doing installs. It doesn't stop us from doing repairs and maintenance. And it certainly doesn't stop me from going out on appointments. I have a truck that is prepared for such disasters and i've even parked out on the road and walked down an eighth mile long driveway before just to get to somebody's front door we just don't let that kind of stuff get in the way well that is good to know and and especially good to know because there there's always people out there and it seems like and maybe it just seems like that that you always pick the time when the weather is absolutely the worst for something to happen to your heating appliance and it just seems Correct. like it does that Right. So you have those emergency kind of situations that you need to attend to right away. But then the other thing that we're very mindful of is when when we put down an installation date to install a new system at somebody's house, we don't change that. It does not move. It is set there. 
in concrete, in stone, it stays there because people do a lot with their work life and their personal life to make accommodations so that they can be at home that day. And the last thing that they yeah. need is some willy-nilly contractor that's going to kind of waver on what day and what time something's going to happen. We, we just don't do that on installs. We don't do that on my appointments that I go on. And even if somebody calls at 2.30 in the morning, Brad, uh, they get a phone call from a technician within about 15 to 20 minutes of making that call. And then they tell you exactly what time they're going to be at your house dressed and ready, even if it's at 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, that is good to know, Justin. Uh, you know, it, it seems funny that we're talking about, you know, anything but heating right now, but they won't be long before people will actually be concerned. Hey, is my air conditioning going to be okay? Or is that, uh, do, how do I try that out to make sure it's working fine before the, se- the season well, demands well, it? Well, well, Brad, your thoughts aren't as crazy as what you think. I didn't go on a single heating appointment this week. They were all cooling appointments. All cooling appointments really? and one appointment for an air exchanger, absolutely, because, you know, people have maybe been saving for these things or maybe they've kind of toughed it through a couple of really hot summers, and they're planning sure. ahead. They've set that money aside, and they want to make sure that the first time they need a cooling system on and operating in their house, that all they're going to have to do is go up and push a button. The mistake that people always make is they wait until the third or fourth week of June, they wait until they're hot and sticky and miserable, and then they make that phone call, and then they want that cooling system put in yesterday, and that's just simply not the way it works. We want to be a part of these projects. We want to plan ahead. We get some install dates on the calendar. We order equipment now based on the pricing that it's at right now, not the pricing that it might be at four or five months down the road. Just all about communicating, getting organized so that we can get people the comfort that they want. Boy, that's, uh, you know, that's something I hadn't really even thought about. But yes, you do lock in that price and that helps a lot uh, for people to know what their air conditioning is going to be like. Well, next week is going to be another great week, and we hope that people will continue to call uh, AirServe and ask for Justin to come out to their home. But, well, first of all, they're sitting here wondering, okay, Brad, you're talking about this uh, great service, AirServe, and uh, Justin, we've listened to him for a while. We know he knows a lot about heating and air conditioning, but how do we get a hold of him? What number do we call? Well, this coming Monday, since Twins Baseball is going to be on, I probably won't have a commercial that day. So I want to make sure that your listeners are listening to that opening day broadcast of Twins Baseball. And other than that, they can give us a call at the office when they're ready for a visit, 218-879-SERV-S-E-R-V. And that website, airserve.com, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. All righty. Thank you very much, Justin. Have a nice weekend, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again very soon. Um, Kenny... You know, we have talked uh, off and on here over the last few weeks about Ch- China is is one of these uh, the the China is a communist country. We should never forget that. We as Americans should never forget that their whole concept is to overthrow the world and create a world that is just like them. And with that said. I bring you this story out of Texas this morning. Um, San Antonio, Texas. A windmill project near Laughlin Air Base in Del Rio, Texas, has many concerned because the owner of this windmill project is a Chinese company. Fox San Antonio investigates why the same fear that companies could tap into the U.S. government it's a 130,000-acre site the size of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they they bought uh, legally for wind energy. They bought this site from the state of Texas. So what's wrong with that? Well, according to the congressman whose district includes 
Laughlin Air Force Base in Del Rio. The question is, should a company that has connections to the ruling Communist Party in China have the ability to connect to our grid and be so close to the Air Force Base that trains so many? It turns out that Laughlin Air Base, since the 1950s, has had more than 21,000 silver wings pinned onto pilots trained there. In other words, they were uh, they were trained to become fighter pilots. 21,000 Americans and allied nations invited to learn to fly, but now an uninvited neighbor has bought land by the base that has many worried about the security of the U.S. power grid and the security of the United States secrets. That question, uh, the question about should a company that has connections to the ruling Communist Party in China have the ability to connect to our grid? Congressman Will Hurd asked that question along with Senator Ted Cruz. They've raised questions about Houston-based GH American Energy. Now, see, when you, if you saw that name on a postcard or something, GH American Energy, you'd think that was a nice born and bred American company. But they are a wholly owned subsidiary of China's Gunggang Industry Investment Group. Its CEO a for the the uh is is named Sun Gazing and he's a member of the Communist Party and a former member of the Chinese military. Now he wants to build a wind turbine uh, build wind turbines, I should say, on the more than 130,000 acres that he has purchased since 2015 by Devil's River, Texas. These are the border questions. A retired general or an admiral from the U.S. military would not be able to buy property outside of Beijing, China, and put up a wind farm and connect it to the Chinese grid. So why would we allow that to happen in this country? Are we just that stupid? Do, do we have stupid written on our face? Or are we just too easy to say, oh, it's, they just want to help us out. They just want to build a wind farm. In layman's terms, when Texas deregulated our energy market, Texas being one of three power grids in the U.S., we left ourselves open, according to Congressman Hurd for other countries, including adversaries like China, to tap into our source of energy. And that's scary. What's scary about it is if you become a provider, all the updates about a tax to your grid that C, uh, CPC Energy gets in order to to defend what would potentially be going on uh, as an adversary as well. This would never be allowed to happen in China, according to Congressman Hurd, who is a retired CIA agent. There's a national security law that says China's companies have to work with the Chinese government when it comes to national security issues. This is not like uh, in the U.S. where a Department of Justice has to have a judge to decide if this is information is valuable or not. If the Chinese government says we want this, they have to get it. If a U.S. company or investors can't do it in China, the Chinese company or investors shouldn't be able to do it here in this country as well. 
So these are just some of the things that were happening. A 130,000-acre wind farm in Texas that will be tapped into our electrical grid owned by the by a company that is directly tied to the Communist Chinese People Party of China. And there's way too much of this going on. Well, listen, we've got to take our Minnesota news break. Uh, we'll be back to wrap up our number two shortly here on Sound Off on 610 KDAL. Leroy was a little boy. He sat on his dad's knee. His father asked his little boy, what do you want to be? He looked into the old buck's eyes and broke into a grin. I want to be on Mr. Two to play accordion. I want to be on Mr. Toot and play some old-time tunes. I'll practice and I'll practice and I'll get there someday soon. Now other kids might be a cop or maybe firemen. I want to be on Mr. Toot and play accordion. KDAL time, 1256. The Ulu Hotshots, Brad. Mr. Toot. Oh my God! Where do you find this stuff? Oh, we know the Ulu Hotshots. They've been around forever. The Lottie Brothers, I believe. I'm not sure, but uh, the uh, snow totals are in from Ulu, Wisconsin. There in Bayfield County, Ulu, 8.5 inches from this uh, snowstorm that we had that uh, dumped anywhere from one to 21 inches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sure. uh, You know, it's sad to see so many. Uh, weather stations and weather meteorologists and everything looking at this thing like, what a disappointment this was. It it was a major snowstorm. It might not be exactly what they thought it was going to be, the Armageddon, but it was major. Okay, so the jokes are coming fast and furious on the text line. Okay, Um, Okay, let's have them. All right, did you hear about the uh, kidnapping at the middle school? It's okay, Uh, it's okay, it's okay, they woke him up. The kid napping. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Kidnapping. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to give credit uh, to anybody particular for that? Or? Well, we don't get names. I mean, if they want to okay. drop their name, they certainly right. can. But it's just uh, it's a, a bit anonymous. I will say that the phone numbers do show okay. up, but that's just the way it they is. I don't know who that up. person is. but Kidnapping uh, at the middle school. They woke him up. Yeah, yeah. Kidnapping, but they woke him up. It's okay. Uh, so you got any more? Uh, yeah. Did you hear about the, uh, no, uh, here it is. Uh, okay. Uh, why was the lepers hockey game canceled? You know, the lepers. Why was the lepers hockey game canceled? Boy, this is going to be a good one. I have a feeling because uh, there was a face off in the corner. <laughs> That's terrible. Leper. See, lepers. Oh, jeez. It's funny, but it's oh, that's sick. awful. Sick. We don't yeah. want to be insensitive to lepers, do we? No, that's no. true. No. Do they, is that still a disease today? In some areas, I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. yes, Brad. Oh. By the way, uh, did you post our uh, Zenith Autoglass Hungry Bowl thing on our page or anything? On the uh, Facebook group page, I did. Okay, good, good, good. Yep. Because that's really a, a, a good, I mean... You know, George has done a lot of research on this, and they're really pushing this hard through the insurance agencies, which are all really in jumping on the bandwagon here. But, I mean, when you can donate a dollar, let's say you donate $10, you get the equivalency of like $70 worth of purchases just by doing that. That's a great, great way to help out 
a lot less fortunate people in the area. And All right, Brad. Hour uh, two is in the books. All right. Well, we've got one more to go, so we'll be back shortly, folks. See you then.